0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Creator Support, the show where we answer your questions about the business of being a creator. On today's episode, we dive into YouTube's $14 billion investment into the NFL's Sunday ticket.
1: We talk about what that type of investment means for the future of YouTube. We also talk about the Sidemen's sold-out charity match, and later on in the episode, we create a safe space for editors to share their grievances. (laughs) Editors, we're here for you.
0: Before we get into this episode, as you guys have heard us talk about before, we are working on a course all about creator business. And we'd love your input to make sure that we're not only building this course for you, but we're building the course with you. So we have a survey linked in the description of this podcast. If you're interested in our course, it takes about 60 seconds uh, to fill out. If you could just fill that out, it also puts you on the waiting list to get information about our course as it comes out. So if you're interested in our course about creator business, Click that link in our description, fill out the survey, it would be greatly appreciated. All right, now for our episode. Sports. You really want to talk sports with me? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I actually thought about sports all weekend.
1: Go on. Just sports in general? general <laughs> sports. Sports, sports and chip, <laughs>
0: cleats. Well, okay, here we are, first of all, on an audio-only episode of Creator Support. This is a throwback to when there was no video on Creator Support, and that's because we're just traveling a lot. We mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but this fall, there will be some audio-exclusive episodes of Creator Support. This is the first one this fall. I assure you, I am still wearing the jumpsuit. I would not break from (laughs) that tradition. I can confirm. Um, Okay, so now, the thing is, this weekend was the first weekend that the NFL Sunday ticket kind of actually came to life in their YouTube partnership. So if you're unfamiliar, YouTube paid $14 billion for the rights to NFL Sunday ticket.
1: So this is the opportunity to watch every NFL game.
0: And Sunday ticket used to be just for DirecTV. Like it was it had a deal with DirecTV. That's how you bought it. That deal came up. YouTube stepped in, purchased that deal. So now if you just zoom out for a second, Amazon has Thursday night football. They also paid $2 billion a year for that. YouTube pays Two billion dollars a year for Sunday ticket. Now, the way I found out that all of this was happening was I was perusing Instagram and a ton of top creators were at NFL games. Were we there? We were not. We there, were not there. N- nor were we invited. I don't think again, I just want to make it clear to everyone listening. We do like sports. We do like sports. Look, look, I watched the Eagles game
1: and the Jets game this weekend, and the University of Colorado game against Nebraska, I had a big sports weekend.
0: You had a big sports weekend. I mainly looked at the Instagram stories of people there and then <laughs> thought about sports. Um, <laughs> but um, I do think this chapter of sports coming to platforms like YouTube and Amazon is, is actually a marker of a pretty big moment in the media landscape.
1: Really significant specifically for YouTube because the mission statement of youtube you know as far as i know is like has always been let's empower sort of the independent filmmaker the independent creator broadcast yourself right like that's the tagline of youtube 14 billion dollars to air every single nfl game is not broadcast yourself it's broadcast the nfl <laughs> right exactly like, v- something that's very as- like so up on a hill so untouchable traditional media, like old school, traditional media.
0: And yeah, one of the, one of the last kind of bastions of old media from a programming perspective of, of live entertainment, live sports now being viewable, not only on YouTube TV, which is YouTube's TV offering that feels like linear, but being available on YouTube. So I, I just clicked into this. You can buy the NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube for three ninety nine a year. And that is gives you access to watch games directly on YouTube. And, and you can do that on your TV and supported devices. So th- the thing that's so interesting to me is that there's two things happening right now with YouTube. One is this premium programming that's meant to be watched on your TV, right? Mm-hmm. Long-form NFL games watched on your TV. And at the same time, an investment into short-form content that's meant to be watched on your phone. These two investments, I think the question is like, as YouTube progresses in the future, what does YouTube become? What is YouTube? Is YouTube the everything entertainment app? Is it X? Is it <laughs> the everything do, do app? Do you need to rebrand to Y? Um, is Elon t- rebrand to <laughs> Y? <laughs> wow. But I think it is, it is a very interesting thing to take a look at, take a hard look at it and say, what, what is YouTube doing right now?
1: I think specifically with moves like this, with NFL Sunday ticket, there are pros and cons. And the pro, I think, is that, like you mentioned, you are seeing creators show up uh, at NFL games. Like there is a, a meshing that's happening. And even with uh, Destroying, who yeah. we had on the show, he partnered with, the NFL for a series that started out on his YouTube channel with his one-on-ones. So there's an interesting opportunity for creators to get access to something that, you know, previously they really couldn't get access to. Like, the NFL historically has been really tight with their rights, with their Mm -hmm. footage. It was really difficult, like, to use NFL footage in a YouTube video. And now it's this cool opportunity where Creators are getting to not only get access to games, to athletes, but the ability to make content that they couldn't have really made before. That is a positive. I think the negative is more of an assumption that by making moves like this, YouTube is maybe straying from what it has historically stood for. And the you know putting the creator first might not be, uh, you could assume... Uh, the, the same importance that it was when they're making moves like this and putting things like NFL games on the same platform.
0: The counter argument there is that fans of the NFL who maybe don't watch a ton of YouTube now get YouTube, get used to opening the app and find other content, right? That is the benefit of what they're doing. That is the reason why networks carry something like the Super Bowl. They carry it so that they can show you the commercials for their other shows. They typically take a loss on the Super Bowl itself because it's so expensive. And with these types of rights purchases, I think what, what a lot of the times the move is is to attract new audience to watch your other programming. What's your other programming? It's our programming. It's creator programming. Yeah. So it could be a, a benefit to us if more people come over. Um, so just some, for some further context and something that the NFL actually said, the NFL said that the Sunday ticket package already has more subscribers this year on YouTube than it had on DirecTV last year. So that's substantial, right? Mm-hmm. It's obviously a great move for for both parties, um, and that that was on Directv for thirty years. So, you know, I I think like the the pros are like, hopefully, there's some uh, there's some push towards creators, you know, uh, getting involved with big companies like the NFL. They're doing a series. YouTube's doing a series called Creator of the Week, which is a YouTube creator at every NFL game capturing content this year. That's really cool.
1: Look, as a newly avid NFL fan and a longtime sportsman, the experience is actually great. Yeah, You know, to be able to uh, watch a game on YouTube TV, which I have, and then go on YouTube and watch all of the content, whether it's from creators or from media networks. Like, I'm still watching a lot of, like, ESPN analysts talk even about games on YouTube in clip form. You know, there's always been a long history of traditional media companies on YouTube.
0: There's a, there's a massive threat to live sports, specifically on YouTube, which is short-form clips.
1: Short-form clips are a massive threat to live sports?
0: Yes. Oh. Because in real time, like a boxing match, for example, I did not pay for Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, Right which was the, the most recent Jake Paul fight.
1: In a weird turn of events, you I did. It. Yeah,
0: you did. Yeah. But I watched it nearly live on Twitter because people were clipping the moments. Even DAZN, the carrier of the event, was clipping the moments. So I can watch it with a delay of like three to four, sec- or three to four minutes, let's say, as they get the clips up. Same with an NFL game. Like if you're following along on Twitter or somewhere else, if, if all you care about is like what happened, you know, the experience of sitting down and watching a live event is, I think, in question for the younger generation. I don't think that's as much part of our culture. And and for the younger generation, I don't think it's a part of their culture of getting together and sitting and watching a two-and-a-half-hour yeah. game.
1: I mean, without a doubt. I think every professional sports league, for the most part, is having a problem attracting younger audiences. I mean, there's no doubt that that's why the NFL is working with Destroying, is working with creators, is probably even open to that YouTube conversation.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like, it's a 360 view at, okay, well, you know, for YouTube, it's like, okay, great. Now they're, if the people who are watching the long form, the full game are watching on YouTube and the people who are watching the clips are watching on YouTube, Mm -hmm. the everything app.
1: (laughs) Why? (laughs) It is an amazing opportunity though for storytelling in sports across the board right now. If you look at Drive to Survive, uh, Breakpoint, Make or Break, which is the surf version. Like, there are all of these shows right now, uh, documentary-style shows. And what I found that's really interesting is I will not watch a Formula One race live for the most part. Like, I'm not there yet. I will wait for the season to be over so I can watch the series on
0: Netflix. Right, the storytelling of the series. The storytelling of the series. Yeah. The one live sporting event that I am glued to every year is the Sidemen charity match. I think it's this odd ball world where I'm watching my friends and peers compete with, for some reason, I don't know if it's the production quality or what, but at the highest level of of soccer.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's explain what it is if you don't know what it is because it happened this weekend. So the Sidemen uh, charity match started back in 2016 and they have a history of doing it almost every year. I think they had a year that they took off during the pandemic, but it's increased in size every year uh, up to the point where this year they sold, what was it, 62,000 yeah.
0: tickets in London Stadium in about an hour. Yeah. And from what Jordan Schwarzenberger said, the, the manager of the Sidemen, on, in our interview with him, he said it would have been faster if it wasn't for Ticketmaster. <laughs> they, they, like, bogged down the server because there were so many people who came to the site.
1: Yeah. And uh, you watch the live stream. You look at the clips. A lot of our friends were there posting Instagram stories it was completely sold out. Like of course yeah, I know yeah, they yeah. say it was sold out, you know, but you it, was, it, like but it was like butt. no every yeah. single yeah. seat. Yeah. And the gameplay is always really high, which honestly makes no sense to me. I yeah. don't understand how like uh, ca- like Carl Jacobs and <laughs> Mr Beast and all the guys from the Sidemen are just able to occasionally
0: make like really nice plays. Shout out to Max Fosh. Max Fosh. Not yeah. only did Max Fosh score a goal, but Max Fosh created an eternal meme. You probably saw it. The Uno, Uno reverse card. To the ref giving him a yellow card. I mean, just unbelievable. I texted Max and asked him about it, and he said they brainstormed it, but to execute it at that stage was just phenomenal. I think he it's said this, electric.
1: It's this strange mesh of planned content, entertainment, and an actual high quality. I'm going to call it high quality, maybe because I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You're not, a yeah <laughs> you're not educated. Soccer. am not a but, real
0: sportsman. But yeah. as
1: far as I'm concerned, it's like a high level of play. Yeah, mixed with. Uh, An incredible content experience. And I just don't understand. I can't even imagine what it's like to play in that game, to grow up as a kid and think, I'd love to be a professional athlete. Yeah, okay, not going to happen because it happens for almost no one. Then you go down this route of being a creator, and all of a sudden you get the actual experience of being a professional athlete in front of 62,000 screaming fans. I will do whatever it takes to play in this game. Uh, me too like, I, we should hire a coach me too I want to play I don't know what we need to do but like put us on, put yeah. us in the game yeah put
0: us in the game XQC was just a just did not make it as a goalie he was just terrible whoa he had like the I low, can't believe he just like. oh no that's, I mean listen that's commonly that's just like everyone agrees okay. on that yeah everyone right. agrees on that uh, he just it just wasn't you think there. you could be better in goal no I don't want to be in goal no interest in, in being a goal Um, Okay, one stat you didn't mention that I think is really important to mention is over 2.5 million concurrent viewers on the stream of the charity match and the actual uh, VOD of the charity match, the long-form charity match, 20 million views after the first day. The highlights are in the millions of views. Like, the amount of entertainment that comes out of that. Additionally, it's a charity match. They're there to raise money. They raised over $3 million. So, like, the whole... The whole event is, I actually think, um, probably the most important event in the creator economy. Like, it, it, when you really zoom out, 62,000 people sitting in seats, you're bridging the gap with, like, celebrities are there too. You're, you have all these creators competing in something that is, is to raise money. Like, it is the peak of our world. Like, that is the yeah. creator economy to me. It's the best manifestation of
1: the power of being an independent content creator of like truly uh what can come of it yeah and the types of things you can pull off without that like background or necessarily like history Mm -hmm. right like to be able obviously they do this game every year but it's unheard of to get sixty two thousand people to come watch non-professional athletes
0: yeah i again and to me even more so 2.5 million concurrence is crazy you know,
1: this is also, though, like a thing that's happening with creators right now. It's not just the sidemen. Right. It All, was either the same day. Yeah, it, it was, was the same weekend. day, right? Yeah, it was this weekend. It's, okay, so this weekend, uh, French creators hosted a Formula 4 race uh, in front of 60,000 fans in France and 1.3 million concurrent viewers. Yeah,
0: they did on it on, the on Twitch. Twitch live stream. Yeah, they did it on Twitch. Like, these numbers it, are crazy. Are crazy. Also, did you know there was more than one formula?
1: Well, I knew there was Formula One. I <laughs> knew there was Formula E, which are electric cars. There's no
0: two and three? I did not realize that it went all the way to four. Yeah, I mean, that, that is uh, insane. Uh, we covered this in the published press, um, but that is completely insane that that's like another thing that goes a little bit under the radar. That, okay, Sidman Charity Match, massive. This guy, Lucas Squeezy Hachard hosted his second annual race to 60,000 people. Yeah. And 1.3 million concurrence. Um, we hear a lot about boxing. You know, we heard about Ludwig's chess boxing, uh, which had a lot of people watch. Uh, we heard about creator clash. Like we we know about boxing, but like these, the, the, the live sports coming to YouTube, I think is a really impactful, like creators taking live sports into their own hands is really impactful.
1: And creators investing in sports. Prime, obviously, yeah. uh, sponsoring all types of professional teams from baseball to soccer. Um, And then the the Dude Perfect, Mm -hmm. right, becoming co-owners of a football club. Yeah. It's just interesting. And then Welcome to Wrexham, obviously, with the Wrexham Football Club with Ryan Reynolds uh, and their series on Hulu. Like, there's just such an interesting thing happening right now with uh, creators and media investing and getting even closer to live professional sports.
0: Now, at the other level, in the college ranks, the most interesting thing to me has been that this year is the first year we're really starting to see the NIL stuff come about. And that's, you know, basically college athletes can make money now, which, you know, famously from our Destroying interview, a lot of people know about, college athletes used to have to make decisions specifically when it came to social media and having a social media presence that connected them to being an athlete at the school. Destroying had to choose between continuing to make YouTube videos or remaining a kicker on his um, college football team.
1: Yeah, same thing with Brian Trahan.
0: Same thing with, with Ryan Trahan. Running as, track as a, as a at uh,
1: Texas a and I believe, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So now that is absolutely not the case. We're seeing an influx of sports content from college athletes, most notably, the Colorado Buffs where you went to school. Which is crazy. It is, like, the story. It's the story in college football. Yeah, because of,
1: obviously, the fact that Deion Sanders, like, legendary player and now uh, coach who's very uh, Mm media-first and very much looking out for his players with the NIL changes in terms of let's give them as much exposure as possible. Their practice uniforms have their Instagram handles on the back. That's crazy. uh, And, you know, uh, they have multiple players that have YouTube vlogs that come out after every single game. So Travis Hunter, who is uh, one of their most prominent players, put out a vlog after the first game that's pretty loose, uh, very, like, classic sort of YouTubey. like, has a filmer there, and uh, nothing super crazy stylistically, but eight days ago, 1.3 million views.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, it's substantial. Shadour Sanders, who's the quarterback for the team and Deion's, one of Dion's sons, um, is rumored to, to be making over $3.5 million in endorsements this year as, a, as a, I think a, a sophomore in college, like that that's completely insane. And there's something that I watched on ESPN where they talked about how the conversation in college football is now gonna be, we need Dion, like we need our own Dion and not necessarily we need to grab an ex-NFL player to, to coach. We need a media first coach now because if I'm making a decision as a young athlete who's highly touted, highly recruited, and I can go to Colorado or go somewhere else where it's a more traditional program. I'm probably going to go to Colorado because if I can build my Instagram to over, you know, 4 million followers, if I can start a YouTube vlog and learn how to get endorsements, then I actually hedge my bets against my playing career too. Yeah, no matter what happens. no matter what happens. And that's really really substantial.
1: You're getting a head start on something that you know, a lot of NFL players are trying to do themselves. Like mm-hmm. they're also trying to build their personal brands and put out media while they're playing because they also are hedging their bets. But like to get a jumpstart in college uh, is an incredible opportunity. And it's really fun uh, to see what these student athletes are doing.
0: I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's all to say, you know, like the reason why all this is happening, I think is because in a world of endless content, in a world of of endless amounts of just videos being uploaded to this platform, we are looking for stories that can captivate us. And the story of competition is still one of the cleanest stories that we can latch onto and that we can get captivated by. Look at what's happening with Dylan Danis and Logan Paul. That is, I mean, it's just probably the most, like, egregious version of it that's happening. Uh, but it's a boxing match. KSI, Tommy Fury, like these competitive narratives are easier to latch onto than anything else. And so bringing sports into the ecosystem in a more substantial way, as more content gets uploaded to the platform, I think sports will likely rise higher than other things because it's an easier storyline to to fit into. It's
1: also just an area where the impact of storytelling is exponential on the amount of money and attention that can Mm -hmm. come to it, right? Like, the better the stories are, uh, the more people that tune in, the more money the sport makes, the more money the athletes make. Like, the stronger the entire ecosystem becomes, and it's interesting to see storytelling come to places that it, you know, previously was not. For college athletes to be able to tell their own story on their own YouTube channel and monetize is new. It's just like, that's a new place for storytelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even Drive to Survive on Netflix, like, that's a sport that didn't have that type of storytelling, and in, and it's reviving sports. It's creating new types of professional athletes.
0: Have you seen the Savannah Bananas?
1: <laughs> yeah, you only—I be- <laughs> saw a clip, and I did not understand it, and then you explained it to me. But, uh, yeah, the clip was crazy. I saw a clip of a minor league baseball team, Yeah, and one of the teams looks completely traditional. Yep. Like, normal jerseys, normal name— the other one is this team called the Savannah Bananas. Yeah. None of them are wearing sleeves. One guy's wearing an oversized, <laughs> uh, like, cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes no sense.
0: I would say it's, it's a, okay, if you go to their website, it's, you know, it just their mission statement is to make baseball fun. Fans first, entertain always. And it's essentially like it's a show. Like, they are playing baseball. It's
1: Harlem but, Globetrotters, but it's a real team that yeah, competes it, against other teams. But right? it's Harlem
0: Globetrotters not because they're, like, exceptional at doing tricks. It's, it's more, like, because they are just immersed in the culture. Like, they do whatever the latest TikTok trend is. Like, they will do that coming out to the, to, to the field. And they will all do the dance, and then they'll be filming a TikTok, and people will go crazy in the crowds. And their
1: attendance is really good, right? And their
0: attendance is dynamite because they are the the biggest show in baseball. It's like okay, there's competition. You get to cheer for them because if they win, it's exciting. If they lose, you get to feel an emotion, um, and you get to go and and as a family enjoy a show that everyone can latch onto. Now,
1: Why are we talking so much about sports right now? What happened to us?
0: Oh, I told you because of this weekend because it was the first weekend it was just of an epic of the sports NFL. weekend. Yeah, cuz it was Sunday ticket. But I've never felt this into sports ever. In my it life. was literally the kickoff of YouTube's biggest investment. I'm in getting up
1: every morning and watching like clips, highlights, of sports what? center,
0: uh, the just, NFL. Just sports, just general sports. General, I
1: just type in I, I log on to <laughs> computer and I say sports. Did you say I
0: log on to computer? There's a whole bit it was okay. a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just think that we're in a moment in time where there's an influx of content and you have to start to look around and see the trends of what is potentially going to sift to the top. And then, you know, really, really, really interesting to me is where is YouTube's focus? And luckily we're actually going to have an opportunity to ask the man himself, Mr. YouTube, Neil Mohan. Next week, you and I are interviewing Neil in New York.
1: Who, if you don't know, is the new CEO of YouTube. I didn't clarify. I just yeah, you called didn't him clarify. Mr. YouTube. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. YouTube. Uh, he took over these... after Susan Wojcicki. Uh, and his background is more sort of product first.
0: Yeah, he was he was the chief product officer of YouTube. And prior to that, um, came from the ad tech world, came from a company called DoubleClick, which, uh, if you don't know, is kind of basically what created internet advertising. So really, really interesting uh, person to talk to at this moment because he was heavily you know as chief product officer brought forward YouTube Music, YouTube Premium, YouTube TV, YouTube Shorts. Like all the expansions of YouTube have largely been under his you know purview. So our opportunity next week is is to talk to him and, and ask him these questions about like where do we fit in as creators to the next chapter of YouTube.
1: Say hey, what about YouTube longs? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> First question. <laughs> Something along That's those good. lines, perhaps more eloquently put. Yeah. But yeah, if you do have questions for the CEO of YouTube, make sure to uh, tweet them at us, send them our way. Uh,
0: actually, put them in Discord. We'll organize a, a questions for YouTube CEO thread in Discord. It'd be helpful to get some. Uh, we've been sourcing some from different people just to get other perspectives. We, we kind of want to go in there and make sure that we're representing like all of you and, and creators and and feel like a conduit to the problems or the uh, issues that you're facing. I, I thought a lot about it and and thought that some of our problems might be very niche um, when we bring them forward. I, I thought specifically about um, alternative monetization and memberships and how actually one thing that has really held me back from wanting to explore memberships on YouTube is their 70-30 split. And it just seems like such a... Uh, deprioritized feature, um, all of alternative monetization outside of AdSense. And I think when you look at the health of the the creator middle class and just the opportunities for creators at scale in the future, they're largely going to be attached to alternative monetization. They're gonna be attached to, to courses and, and pay-per-view content. They're gonna be attached to memberships, uh, probably digital downloads and products. And YouTube doesn't really seem to prioritize that um, of like ability to monetize in alternative ways. And I think that the exploration is like, okay, so yeah, what happens to like the long form creator who's just chugging along at like 50,000 views of video who has other opportunities? I guess the model is just for them to go off platform and build monetization. At what level? 50,000
1: views per video. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a significant, uh, brand deal business, though, depending on what they're talking about well, and what, they what they're talking
0: about. Yeah. Yeah, if they're, if they're kind of like mass appeal general, you know, at that scale, it's it's not that significant of an advertising business. So I just wonder, you know... In, it's in, decent,
1: though. It's not nothing. 50,000 average views for video?
0: Yeah. It's not nothing. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not nothing, but that scale... I, I mean, think, when we
1: were at that point, we definitely had, depending on, like, what you talk about in your audience. Yeah.
0: yeah, we're hyper-niche. Yeah. Um, when we got offers from more general you know, advertisers. We were not, you know, we couldn't support ourselves. That's why you nor- got a niche down. Right. Nor, nor could we support ourselves from AdSense then.
1: To move into some of the questions from the Discord, there was an interesting question uh, in the Discord from Pars about actually our relationship to YouTube. I thought it was an interesting point to bring up. We haven't spoken about this yet, but it reads, fun fact, Colin and Samir have been sponsored by Discord, Samsung, Google. They also directly cover the major news of a lot of these companies. Doesn't this lead to a direct conflict of interest? Even if the companies are not sponsoring the video directly, I believe it's important to be transparent about your sponsors, especially when it directly relates to the integrity of your content. Some sort of disclaimer should definitely be made when talking about companies or subsidiaries of companies you have previously been sponsored by, even if it's just a text box in the corner or something in the description. Hmm. I thought that was an interesting note. Yeah. You know, that, like when... Um, Snack, snack daily business podcast. When they talk about certain companies, they always disclose that
0: they're if they own stock. If That's a different stock. type of situation. That's different because that they could get in big trouble. But it reminded me, it, it reminded me stock price, of yeah. that.
1: That yeah, okay. Like we've done deals with YouTube, Google, and it wouldn't make sense to disclose. I don't think in an episode where that they're not sponsoring that we've done one in the past. Yeah, but I, I thought it was an interesting note of yeah. just like do creators have an obligation to make no matter what the piece of content is to make it clear sort of like who they're paid by if they're going to be talking about those companies.
0: Yeah. I think the hard part is like, if it's an ongoing relationship that is probably different from like sponsoring an episode. Totally. You know, like, yeah, we, we had a very long relationship with Samsung. Um, we have a very long relationship with discord. Um, I think we try and make those as clear as possible and, 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 make clear what our biases are.
1: Yeah, it's no secret, I think, if you're someone who watches our content regularly, who we work with.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that, like, okay, this, this episode, for example, we're talking about the YouTube and NFL Sunday ticket. Like, there is, this is a great example because, like, yeah. we have worked with YouTube in the past. We will work with YouTube more. Uh, we do regularly work with YouTube. But, like, that, this is just an interesting thing we're talking about. And I don't know where the bias would come because we're also suggesting that maybe it's not a great thing for creators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that that's my expectation of creators. I just thought it was an interesting question. Yeah. It,
1: it really did make me think, oh, uh, would I want, do I care if my favorite creator? My answer is no. Yeah, I
0: don't think my, yeah. I, I think if, my answer if, is no. If I, if I
1: trust the person that I watch, and uh, I, th- I think that question would only come up in my mind if I felt like they were ever— a creator I was watching was ever being like disingenuous.
0: Yeah. I think if, if you've ever felt that you we've like lost your trust, uh, in our authenticity or our honesty, then, then maybe, but like, I I think we do a pretty good job of making sure, you know, when we're talking about something and it's specifically sponsored, a sponsored moment. Uh, I think we do kind of pledge our allegiances to brands uh, sure. and, and that's because we are in this business and there's certain brands that we really like and two platforms. Yeah. And two platforms, I mean, but I'm calling yeah. YouTube a brand in this context. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I pulled some moments from the discord that I just felt like we should just give a moment to editors to just, you know, chat, to just allow themselves to, to say things and okay. for us to go, I hear you. Okay. I spent nine hours editing a three-minute video, <laughs> says SS3 Steven. I'm happy with how the video turned out, but I'm exhausted. Starting to wonder if I just suck at it or if I'm awesome because I got it done. I was adding sound effects, music, B-roll, and some voiceover. Not really a question. Just want to know if someone out there feels my pain <laughs> and shares my joy.
1: <laughs> I feel you.
0: <laughs> SS3 Steven, that is the universal plight of editing video. Like, that is just what it is. <laughs> editing is so hard. It's so intense. Did you see the editing podcast where there was this, they pulled this survey where they pulled the, the uh, what are the, the three most stressful jobs in America? Number one was urologist. Number two was film and TV editor. Yeah, it is <laughs> wild. I was like, okay, doctor, and then, Editor is the number two most stressful job, which I honestly I'm like thankful someone else made that report because I'm like, yeah, it is, I
1: think. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're just sitting down staring at a screen, you're making a <laughs> thousand decisions decisions minute. in yeah. a minute. It's 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 crazy.
0: Okay. W D Remember,
1: remember. <laughs> A while ago, I said I want to be a park ranger. Yeah, yeah, It's because of editing. Right, right. That was not on the list of the most
0: stressful jobs. Seems like, yeah. a, like a less stressful <laughs> type of job. W.D. Huntsguy, uh on Discord says, I always lose motivation when I start editing. I love making videos. I love to film. And I really like to record and voice act. When I start editing, I get demotivated to edit. It is not like I don't want to edit. It's just that I have a hard time putting my vision into an edited video. I feel you, we feel you, <laughs> just here to say, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, definitely, no solution here, just no, <laughs> yeah no yeah. So, just 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 genuine creator support here of just like, yeah, 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 that's what it is.
1: What is it you say, Samir, about closing the gap between your idea and what the execution, mm-hmm. like you want to close that yeah. gap, yeah. Editing all it does is widen the gap.
0: yeah, it widens the gap. I, I will say though, like in this context if you re- if that is the case, you need to find a way to to hire an editor you know if you if you if your passion is really in the the filming, the voice acting, um, bring on an editor you know share the load. I mean,
1: it's also very rewarding it is very rewarding, that's true, you know it's like uh, in its own way, you are like the painter mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you get to paint through editing at least I would think of myself as that way yeah it was my
0: art it is my art so these are some we're in the deep end by the way yeah I could uh, tell yeah can yeah tell. these are just some deep end like I just I felt like this was the equivalent of just like giving someone a hug you know like mm-hmm. just reading these and being like yeah. I, I know editors out there feel like this um I have plans to edit a video this weekend go on I just got some super 8 footage back from my honeymoon and I'm gonna edit it into a short Little bit. Cool thing, just a thing. I don't. I don't know the next thing I'll edit for personal.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think about it sometimes. I wake up and I'm like, maybe I'll edit something just for. Who knows? Nothing's come to me. Hmm. I'll keep everybody posted on yeah, the yeah, on Please the, do. Uh, on the Colin edit watch. But,
0: but yeah, maybe we should have Colin edit watch. on Yeah. Discord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, you know it is it is this thing though. I'm like, yeah, I'll just make like a 60 second little little bit and put it out. And that that is a six hour endeavor. For me.
1: Yeah. I already know that. You've got excitement now, but you probably shouldn't have even announced that you're going to do it. You should have kept it
0: until. Well, no, 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 I'm definitely going to do it. Follow me on Instagram at Samir Chaudhary. You can see it. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely going to do it. But I just know it's going to be. I, I, I'm going to do it because I don't want to leave my house this weekend. And my wife, Katie, has plans all day Saturday. And I'm like, perfect time to edit. That's the only time you get as a married man to edit, is if like you really, for some reason, have this like weird, long period of time that you're alone.
1: No. Jesse, is that true? Yeah. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse <agrees>. <laughs> confirms <laughs> that
0: it's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or if there's late There's the two times spend you spend many a night just personal editing, editing late into the night. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Let's wrap up this episode because I'm trying to install stable diffusion into my web browser right oh, now. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, you have any gripes yeah. before we go? Just mainly how hard it is to get control net. And stable what are you even talking to my? You are so pitted my are, extensions. You are an right AI, now? AI
1: avatar version of yourself right now. Yeah,
0: I'm just just doing AI stuff over here. I got a gripe Okay, if if that's the time, he's got a it. Gripe. it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So a couple mornings ago, I go into the gym at 8:05, and the gym that I go to, they have to greet you when you walk in. I think it's like part of the deal. Okay, they have to say like hello and welcome. 8:05, I go in, I walk back out fully dressed and showered around, like, 8.20. Oh, boy. And he so you, also has to say goodbye to me. But so you didn't work out?
0: No. Okay, got it.
1: So I didn't, no, I, sue me. I didn't work out. Yeah. I went in, <laughs> I sat in the sauna, I took a shower, okay. I got dressed, I walked straight past this guy at the front desk. Okay. He looked me up and down. Okay. And said, like, okay, like, have a good one, but kind of like, it gave me some gym judgment as I walked over to mm, the smoothie bar. Yeah.
0: 12, so you got a, 12 minutes after. you got after. a protein shake after this? Yes. And I, I had an extra
1: <laughs> scoop of protein. And the, the gym judgment that I got was insane yeah. across the board. I mean, that I makes just, sense. I just feel like we need, you know, I'm not like them, those people at the gym. Okay. I'm a member of the gym, but I'm not like you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. I just, it's like, ugh, stop with the gym judgment. But,
0: but Okay. Yeah.
1: That's, that's my gripe. Yeah, it's yeah. just gym judgment. Even if you're working out, gym judgment. Okay. I'm done with it.
0: Okay. All right. Um, some announcements from us, uh, next week, as we mentioned, we're going to go to New York. We're going to interview the CEO of YouTube. Super excited about that. Um, and we're also there to, an, to attend an event called made on YouTube, where YouTube's going to make announcements about the future of the platform. The day after we are hosting an AMA with the YouTube creator liaison, Renee Ritchie in our discord server. So if you haven't joined our discord server yet, uh, you can join that. It, the link will be in the description of this podcast, also discord.gg slash Colin and Samir. Uh, join that. Our lives are very fun, which you had a problem with me saying recently. You can't just take that out of context. Why? Our lives are fun. No. Okay. We Don't we, don't we, we, rec- we have fun? We filmed- We're like the Savannah Bananas we filmed an inst- Discord we filmed an.
1: You did not say fun. We filmed an Instagram story, yeah. and then out of nowhere, you go, our lives are great. They are great. And I just thought, no need to flex.
0: It's a statement- and it's true but
1: it's no there's no need to flex on the, instagram has enough flexing that's Gosh. another gripe of mine
0: listen so when you got I was something t- i
1: was taken aback when you got something when at the end of an instagram story you just threw in our lives are great
0: dude it's just listen man look i when you I, have I, something, I, I think you gratitude is important i appreciate the, the, life,
1: the life that we have but yeah. sometimes i think you got to keep the flexing
0: to yourself well clearly you're not flexing cuz you don't even work out <laughs> at the gym all right we'll the gym judgment I've next had enough. week <laughs>